Our series, God's Design for Life, continues next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Ours is a rags-to-riches story. Our rags, somebody else's riches. Hi there. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Our series, God's Design for Life, continues today as we continue our examination of the book of Ephesians. It is a true rags-to-riches story, and that is precisely what we're looking at here today. So plan on joining us here in Ephesians chapter 2. As you find your place there, please save this date, Saturday, June 4th, 4.30 to 7.30 in the evening at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. You are the featured guest. That's right. It's our Truth For Today listener celebration. Again, Saturday, June 4th, 4.30 to 7.30. Food is free. Fellowship is free. Ron Walters, our special guest, and you. We'll tell you more at the close of the program, but for now, here's Pastor Phil Howard. We can get so narrow that whatever my ethnic group likes or that, and that's why this church is anomaly. We're not supposed to all be together here. We're supposed to be as segregated as possible, except where Christianity is working. Where Christianity is working, it doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter your economic status. Because God has formed a new people. And the first thing I want to know about you is not your race, not your economics, not your gender. Are you in Christ? And if you're in Christ, that's what counts. And if you're not in Christ, I'm going to try to tell you how to get into him. It's a terrible thing when we are not the peacemakers Christ came to be. And we keep building the barriers. We keep putting up middle walls and, and hoops you've got you to look like. We all got to look alike. We got to all dress alike. We got to all act alike. We've got so much uniformity in this church now, it's not like the church has started. Nobody was uniform. Chaos was in. We had people just getting saved, dress standards. They didn't know about church dress or this, you know. As a whole, we dress for the occasion. That's wonderful. But it's, you always want to know how many hoops do people have to go through to get you to genuinely treat them as valuable human beings? Do they have to be your gender, your chauvinist? When are you going to grow out of that? If you're a chauvinist, you're in sin. It's wrong. If you use it to the point that you act biased against a woman. And woman, if you hate us men, you're wrong. Just because men have been mean to you in the past, the brothers in this new humanity are not here to hurt you. We're here to be true brothers in the Lord and treat you kindly with no agenda but to be good. Race, if you're still measuring people by color and by race, you, you have a pygmy soul. You're not looking through the eyes of Christ who said, go to all the nations 
and around the throne, all the nations will be represented there. And it won't be one up on the other. It'll be all the manifested grace of God and choosing all of us from varied backgrounds. This, this is the tragedy is when the church doesn't act like the church. When Christ dies to remove all this stuff, the middle wall, to abolish the hostilities that existed between peoples. If he can remove the hostility between you and God, the other aspect of it, he removes the hostility between peoples. Only in Christ is a new humanity and the model to the world of what it can look like when Christ is in charge. That's what we want to be. The, and it's terrible when we go out and we do not reflect in our practice the oneness we truly have in Christ with all that are believers. And we start judging everybody of a different stripe, a different base. I mean, I'm saying if they're really born again believers, really believe the Bible, can we not accept them as members of the body and be a loving community? I have to say this. I want to tell you this. As I was uh, leaving the... Uh, the establishment here the other day and these guys were talking about end times and no hope. One guy said, by the way, where do you go to church? <clears throat> I said, well, I, I go to this hangout down here and told him. He said, you know what? He said, our priest gets up on Sunday and says, you people better get as friendly as those valley people. They're getting all of our people. So keep being friendly, would you? Keep being friendly. I thought it was wonderful. Well, my time says it's a, let's see, 1030. So I've got, <laughs> I've got another hour and a half. I love it. There's a liberty about the time change. Let me just give you five things that he's brought to us. Uh, when we move out of this despair, uh, first thing he says to us in verse uh, 13, we've been brought near through the blood of Christ. It comes right out of Isaiah, Isaiah 57, 19. He used it of the exiled Jewish community. When they were away, there was a far off people. They were out there in foreign countries and there were those that were near. But when you convert it to Judaism, uh, a lot of times the rabbi says they're coming near. So it was a rabbinic term too. And so he's just saying, you've been brought near to where the action is. You've been brought near to where God's operating through the death of Christ. Not by becoming Jewish, not through regulations, not through the law, but through Christ. You who were way afar off, you've been brought near. What a marvelous, marvelous thing to be near where God's working and then he goes on to say in verse 18, for through him, Christ, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. What a wonderful way to describe prayer and your approach to God. All three members of the Trinity, through Jesus Christ, through his agency, you have access to God the Father by means of the one spirit. And uh, access is a term, comes from two usages. It was used of having access to royalty, which you could not openly have. You had to have appointments. You had to know people. So it had that side. 
The other side was access in temple worship, getting into the Holy of Holies. Of course, you had to be the high priest. You had to have the right sacrifice. And the message was, you're not good enough unless you meet certain conditions to ever have access to the living God. And now he says, through Christ and through what he did for you on the cross, you are able to go to God even without an appointment. I mean, the shortest prayer in the Bible is, Lord, save me. You remember Peter saying that? Drowning in the Sea of Galilee. Have you ever uttered just a prayer like that and you know it went through, but you didn't even make an appointment? And let me teach you something about prayer. If you pray in our group prayer meetings at 5.30, and if you're with one of the pastors, don't make up a bunch of verbiage up front. Now, uh, Father, we know we're not worthy of you, and we know you're the benevolent, omnipotent, infinite, almighty, great, omniscient, uh, let's see, immutable God that created the hypostatic union of Christ, in which we're glad that you gave us a tradition birth, and we know that the Trinity exists because of the economic relationship, even though there are ontological problems. <laughs> Cut it out. We know you don't, you're reading off a cue card. You just can't, I've got access. I just, hello, Father. And the angels are scratching their head. What? What's he doing here? We go through an order. We go through Michael. We go, and he just pops into the throne room. What do you think you're doing? We've got access. Anytime, day or night. You don't need to make an appointment. He's been waiting for you to show up. I mean, it's amazing. I've not seen any president except Reagan, and I was a part of 3,000 people, but he knew I was there. <laughs> but access, just to pop into the press. Hello, Lord, I just want to talk to you. How's it going? Hey, by the way, my kids are driving me wild. My wife is just, oh, on the edge. And Lord, I'm kind of sick of it, but hi, how are you? <laughs> Whoa! You mean no holy language? No, just talk to him. Just the little Scottish woman says, just call him Father and tell him what you need. You've got access. And it's bought through Christ. No middle walls, no middleman, no priesthood, no going to the temple. Anywhere you are, day or night, you can access the ear of God through Christ having died and through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Is that wonderful? What a privilege. What a privilege. We got so much stuff we take for granted. I mean, uh, you just can get in there and God will talk to you anytime day or night. Then he says, we have moved from being foreigners and aliens to fellow citizens with God's people. Now that's beautiful. Uh, he uses the word citizen. Uh, he uses the term alien and foreigner. Think of a refugee. Uh, or think of the illegal immigrants in this country. And now with this crackdown, and you don't have your papers in order, and you're in a different culture, a different language, and you're not authentic citizens, 
You don't have any of the legal rights of this government. Uh, you're really uh, breaking the law. And he said, we Gentiles, when it came to God, were like foreigners, like refugees, illegal immigrants. We were living in the country, as it were, it was not the country of our birth, the things of God, and to be belong to God. But all of a sudden, you find out God has issued you citizenship papers. I declare you to be a citizen of the divine community now in Christ. From a refugee, from an alien who had no rights, let me tell you, it is a strange thing being in a country when all you've got is a passport. Um, there's some traveling with Elton, and I'm telling you, there's some places uh, I would have rather had been than where we were. We went so deep into Morocco and some places that looked 2,000, 3,000 years old and walked down some streets and alleys. I'd hate to be there by myself. But when you travel with him, you've got protection. But they were scary places, really. But all the time, the only thing that stood between you and legality was this passport. But believe me, your color wasn't the same. Your language was not the same. You didn't know the customs. You didn't know anything. It's a strange thing to be a foreigner and an alien in another land. And he says, us Gentiles were such on the earth. And God says, I issue you divine citizenship and I will become your ruler. I am the ruler of these citizens. Then it gets better. Watch. He says, from foreigners and refugees with no rights, he says, I'll make you members of my family. Members of my household. I mean, control yourself. Don't be emotional. Now, don't, don't do much now. This, it's just, man, yeah, no big deal. It's great. Wow. God let you be a part. The people who couldn't get in, the people who had no covenants, who had no Messiah in their future, the people who were called dogs when Jesus told the Syrophoenician woman, oh, I can't be throwing the crumbs to the dogs. He's talking about the Gentiles. She said, but even dogs eat crumbs. I'll even take the crumbs off of this table. And now God says, no longer will you be considered dogs in Christ. You become members of the family. You become sons and children by divine birth. And so when I show up, it's not like, who are you? God said, no, I got your birth certificate. Not only your citizenship, passport, papers, I've got a record. You've been born to me. I am your father through Jesus Christ. Show up. I'm your father. I have no illegitimate children. You got all the privileges of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You've got more than I gave them because you're in the Messiah. Oh, what a marvelous thing to be in the family. Ah, oh, let me get under control. <laughs> Hendricks used to say, if you want them to bleed, you have to hemorrhage. So I'm trying to hemorrhage up here so you'll bleed. Uh, he went on to say, you're built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. 
Now, I would take the apostles and prophets, it'd be their teaching that's foundational. What they wrote, the teachings of the New Testament. God used them to tell us what this household would look like and be like. But then Christ himself is the chief cornerstone. And the idea is he's the one that holds it all together. He is that keystone that brings all of these animosities and ends them and brings us together under one head, even like the keystone in an arch. He is the keystone in this building. Now watch what this building is built for. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. There's three times in the New Testament, three ways he says you are a dwelling place or a temple of God. 1 Corinthians 3.17 told the Corinthian church, you as a local church, as a local temple, are the dwelling of God. And if anybody messes with a local church, God says, I'll destroy him. So be warned. If you want to mess with something, don't mess with the local church. Not because of the pastors, because of Christ. He bought the church with his own blood and he warned the Corinthians you are the temple it's you plural in the Greek you constitute a holy temple when you congregate that's why there's nothing like congregating with saints there's a different dynamic some people say I can live it just as good at home no you can't you're a liar and God's true there's a reason he said congregate and it wasn't that we could compare each other's wardrobes you congregate because many dwelling places come together and constitute a distinct, unique temple, a corporate body when they join together. It's unique. Nothing like it. I don't care if there's 20 people, 2,000, 13, uh, 50,000. When the saints gather in a corporate place for the purpose of worship, there is a unique sense of the presence of God. Nothing like it. I can't get enough of it. Two, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? So there he moves that your body becomes a temple, a dwelling place of God. Over here, your local church. And now here in Ephesians, it's the church universal. This church he is building from the day of Pentecost until he takes us home. This church, he said, is the habitation. It's where the spirit lives. It's why we believe when God raptures the church, the restraining power of the spirit will leave with the church. And all hell breaks loose on the earth because the restrainer will lift all the restraints and Antichrist and the nations will be freed to rebel to the maximum and chaos will break out on the earth. The Holy Spirit is still in the church. And when he takes the church home, then this earth will be a place you wouldn't want to be. So imagine going way the people far off, outskirts of all covenants, outskirt of having a Messiah, 
No connection with the people of God. No hope. No future. Darkness. Buried our mothers. Buried our children for century after century without anything to say at the wake except I hope the beer's good. And then Christ comes. Christ dies and he commissions all this Jewish church at the beginning. Go to all the nations. Tell the Gentiles something's happened. Tell them the Jewish Messiah included them when he died on the cross. Tell them the Jewish Messiah wants to be their savior too. Go tell them, receive him and you'll become an heir and a co-heir with the Messiah as he reigns over the nations. Go tell them. And that's still our assignment is to go tell a world without hope, without Christ, and without a future, come to Christ, and you'll become a citizen of heaven, a member of his divine household, and the place where he'll hang out. Did you know God hangs out here? He hangs out in the local church. He hangs out in your body, and he hangs out wherever the church is. If you want to feel God, get around some Christians. By the way, whatever you do against a Christian, you do against God. If you talk about me, you talk about Jesus. You don't have any rights to talk about me. You can pray for me. You could talk to me, but you can't talk bad about me. And not sin. Now, if you want to sin, help yourself. Why? I've become a member of a new humanity and what I say about a Christian, I say about their Savior. Sometimes I hear people say, how can some people like this even go to this church? I said, well, we let you come. <laughs> but you'll grab a fault here and a, a fault there. Wait, wait, friend. Christ died to get me in the body. You can't do anything to get me out. He didn't die for my virtues. He died for my sins. He died for my sins. And when I look at all of you, I see people that Christ was willing to die for, to plunge you beneath his blood and cover you and say, in me, they are acceptable. In me, they are members of the divine household. And if God can accept a brother or sister, it's about time we start doing it. Lest you fight against God. And the Jews had this problem in Acts 15. They didn't want to let the Gentiles in because they were still eating bacon. I can't worship with someone that eats bacon. I can't go to church with someone eating pork chops. Man, how many could go to church with folks that eat bacon? Yes. <laughs> sure. But they couldn't. And they had to have a church council said, man, let them eat those rattlesnakes. Let, let them eat frogs' legs. It, it, it doesn't matter. In Christ, you can eat anything. And all the Christians have been doing it for the next 1900 years. Isn't it wonderful? I don't have a bunch of hoops to go through to know God. And I'm forbidden to set up all those hoops to accept you. If you're in Christ, I can love you just like Christ. Pastor Phil Howard here in our series, God's Design for Life getting a clue, an understanding, an idea of just how much God really loves us and the design that he has for your life and mine. 
This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. And as we conclude our time together today, we're mindful of the fact that there might be those of you who would enjoy hearing this program again. As always, we have copies available on CD. Simply call or write to us or stop by our website. You can reach us by phone at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. Or stop by our website, truthfortodayradio.org. As you contact us, please bear in mind that we do continue this radio broadcast here on this station through the generous support of Truth For Today sustainers, folks just like you. With your dollars, as you partner with us financially, we'll provide to you, as our way of saying thanks, a quarterly newsletter, a once-a-year special gift. Take a break with Pastor Phil, the weekly video devotional. It's all available for you as you partner with us financially. And speaking of, for the last 20 years, Truth For Today has been here on this radio station. It's our way of saying thank you for being a part of that ministry for the last 20 years. We would invite you to save the date and join us. June 4th, that's a Saturday, 4.30 to 7.30 here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules at the Family Life Center. It's a celebration of God's goodness to the Truth For Today ministry since 1997. I mean, that's, that's almost 20 years, right? What an amazing time we've had growing in grace And we trust you've been blessed by this time together. If so, again, mark it on your calendar and plan on joining us. June 4th, 4.30 to 7.30 for Valley Bible Church's Family Life Center celebration of God's goodness to the Truth For Today ministry. For more information, give us a call. Our phone number, once again, is 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.